Podcast 180. More compilation conundrums for 2020. That's right. And more. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasted. We are rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ace Fraley. It's Fraley, not Freely. That's great. How does it sound? Okay. <clears throat> better better than the other? Um, it's different sounding. Like you sound more like Gary on the phone, but this is good. Gary on the phone. Gary on the phone. We, we can't do that. Or else fa- Facebook will pick. Facebook or somebody will shut it down. I'm sorry, but there is no song called Gary on the phone, so you're wrong, Facebook. doesn't work that way. Gary on the... Come on, baby, Gary phone. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, and as usual, I'm joined by Gary Schaller. Joining you all day long. Join, join, join. Hot. We, we are conjoined with a K because oh. it's kiss. Kiss nice. conjoined. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. Anyway, so today we are going to talk about a few things. We're going to do some housekeeping here, some stuff that we need to talk to you about as podcast listeners, and some things we want to talk to you about as podcast listeners. And we're also going to talk about Compilation Conundrum, which was an episode that we did back when, Gary? When did, when did, when did we do those episodes? 2011 this was episode 43 and it's a two-parter mm-hmm. and you know as we were making our way through the kiss catalog uh we realized that we needed an episode to to talk about the many 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 kiss compilations that have come out over the years mm-hmm. some we love some we collect and someone got a hold of us, Joshua Horn, and he said, you guys need to do an update. So we're going to do that today. We're going to do a bit of an update on the compilation conundrum. So look forward to that in the second part of this fine podcast episode. Gary, we as a show have been going on for over 14 years now. Yeah. It's amazing that we've come this far. And um, I would like to take a moment to thank everybody who helped us along the way, whether you've been on-air talent, behind the uh, scenes prep, if you will, for the show, or someone that just helps us, uh, whether it's taking care of our buttons, you know who you are, and uh, or our website, you know who you are. Thank you, Roy, Christine, Matt, Brian Cramp, Craig Cohen, James Hagar, everybody, Tony Mann along the way, right? So there's, or just pressing our buttons. Or just pressing our buttons. Some people, <laughs> that's very prescient. Are you sick of that phrase now, prescient? The people are saying that, and during these trying times. Unprecedented is, yes. is a word that, uh, that I, I, I'm a little tired of. Yeah, unprecedented, prescient, and... During these trying times, we yeah. here at Ed's Taco Hut want you to know <laughs> that we put you first. You know. That's right. All of our tacos come wrapped in a protective mask. We're not laughing at masks, by the way. Wear those, wear those bad boys out there, please. As a matter of fact, you can get a podcast or kiss room mask over at clicktshop.com. Pretty cool, That's huh? Right. 
yeah, it 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 stands to reason that as Kiss fans we like it masked. Yeah, I mean, for a band that has an album called Unmasked and they've spent most of their career masked, you would think that you know I, I'm surprised they never put out an album called Masked. Look, can we talk about as as we as we do on the show when we talk about as we are Kiss, want to do as we oh my god I knew it. <laughs> For those for those listening, Ken and I had a prolonged discussion this morning earlier about the phrase as as you are wont to do. Mm-hmm. W O N T. I think it's useless at this point. We as Americans have determined that want and won't kind of you know those should be the only wants or won'ts want. Yes. Yes. Because uh, we are Americans and we we want things simple. As 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 we are wont to, as I am wont to rock and roll all night. Kiss is definitely one to want to rock and roll all night. Well, as we are wont to do here on the, on the podcast, uh, we like to point out the occasional kissed opportunities where we look at the uh, the members of Kiss and say, "Why why aren't you doing this?" Right, and mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll certainly have more of those to discuss later when we talk about compilations. I imagine. But one of the missed op- kissed opportunities uh, is this mask thing. Now, we know that uh, Gene and Paul have both been very vocal in their support of um, people wearing masks to protect from this thing. I work in healthcare. There's no question this is a very real problem and very scary and serious. Uh, and I'm grateful that, uh, you know, we have pictures of Paul wearing his mask while he's going on bike rides, staying healthy. We have Gene you know, advocating wearing gloves people, and mask, right? Telling people to stay home. And I think the quote was the lonely way is the only way. Um, Which sounds like a Gene song from the eighties, doesn't it? The lonely way is the only way I'm going to not put my log in your fireplace. I'm going to put my log in my own fireplace. No, and we can, you can't do that. That's... We can get on a zoom call and you could put your log in your own fireplace and I in mine. Because anything else would be uh, would be a violence to the woods. But anyway, you, what you're saying is you would think Kiss would Kiss would be more into the mass thing. Like for example, I'm surprised we don't have. Listen, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, in this unprecedented time. Sorry, <laughs> no. I'm very uh, prescient there... of these unprecedented times. Why is there not? Why are they not doing headshots of of themselves in makeup with the mask on? And on the mask is their lipstick mouth, and the mask is white. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I don't. I I would use Dynasty for example, the cover of Dynasty. I would just use that, and I'm covering my like you can see, but I'm covering my face. I would use like you would see like Peter's nose thing and his lips and the stripes, right? Right. Right. And, and like with Paul's, you'd see the bottom of the star. You see what I'm saying? Of course, of course, it's a it's and, a great. And with jeans, you could have the the tongue sticking out because that's really what we want, right? Of course, yeah, extra long mask for. Uh, now, let me say one thing: they didn't an opportunity they did not miss, and I was very uh, glad to buy the shirt. Is that I don't know if they're still selling it, but they were selling a fantastic shirt. Uh, the proceeds from which went to support their crew, mm-hmm. who obviously are not uh, working right now. It was basically a kiss not on the road tour. Right. And it says stay at home tour. And uh, on the back, the tour dates, every date just says stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. And it's very cool. I, I, you know, it's 
nothing cool about this COVID-19, but it's, I'm, I'm grateful that they're putting out that message. It is, it is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we get any further, if you would like a podcast or kiss room face mask or t-shirt, you can get it over at clicktshop.com. You can get some cool Eric Carr themed shirts. You can get some cool Japan tour themed shirts, Ace Fraley. There's a ton of stuff over there. If you're a KISS fan and you haven't shopped, clicktshop.com. You're doing yourself a disservice because it's definitely made my t-shirt collection a lot bigger. So Awesome. Love you, Ed. Thank you for all you do for everybody. And uh, just check out clicktshop.com. That's clicktshop.com. We know these are trying times, so yes, if, if you, you need a shirt, click. <laughs> yes, be prescient that you can get mugs, shirts, hats, tank tops, zipper hoodies, all KISS-themed, all cool. Do it. As right? KISS fans are wont to do. Yes, KISS fans are wont to wear cool things, so Click T-Shop is the place to go. Recently, we've had some shakeups in the digital world, right? Yeah. We need to talk about this, because things can just... Yeah, that quick disappear. And first, I want to say thank you to Julian Gill, who's been doing some great work with the podcast and his fantastic show, the Kiss FAQ podcast. It's just great stuff. Love those guys. It's just one of the shows that I listen to or watch at least once a week. So love to all you guys, Ken and Lonnie and all of you. Good work. Keep it up. But uh, I'd like to thank Julian for helping us keep podcasts going lately. But uh, having said that, I'm going to mention two things to you. The Rock and or Roll podcast and The Kiss Room. Okay. The first thing being is, if you love the podcast, if you love The Kiss Room, and you want to keep this stuff, I mean, keep it so you can listen to it in case something happens, you might want to get one of those hard drives and download the shows. The reason I'm saying that is not to scare you, but things can be shut down that quick. And there's a lot of times that you don't even know why. For example, Brian Cramp, BJ Cramp, BJ Kahuna, however you know him, good friend of the show, love him. We do Cheap Talk, our Cheap Trick podcast with him. He basically got a takedown warning on his show Rock and or Roll which is a fantastic podcast. He goes in depth with music and, you know, it's it's just an amazing show, but... Well-researched show. Yeah, yeah. very well-researched show. But the thing is, is that uh, he checked his email and there it was saying, uh, we're going to cut off your hosting until you remove any offending songs. Can you say a little bit about what offending means? Because I, you know, I, I, I. It's very easy to get things taken down in this digital age, and it can be for various reasons. For example, we at Podkiss have always strived not to play legitimate Kiss music. That means things you can go by. We have tried not to play that. There are two times that I know that we did. One on our 100th episode, we played We Are One because it was a celebratory. 100 episode doesn't make make it right that we did it but we did on another episode i asked somebody what was their favorite song and they picked a specific version off of alive 2 so i might go back and re-edit those two episodes right. 
what happens when it's clips? I know that we've we've made liberal use of, you know, little snippets of things here and they're fading in and out of songs. Uh, never, rarely, if ever, have we played an entire song. Right. The thing is, is that there's this thing where if you are analyzing something, which when we do a round table, we are analyzing a song. We're not just playing the song just to go, hey, let's play a song. But there's this fair use doctrine. The problem is that is really up to anybody as to what the fair use doctrine is. Like, for example, the Eagles, the band The Eagles, they have a zero tolerance policy. If you use one second of their music, it's too much. It's ridiculous. And it's it's even further complicated because I was speaking to somebody who works for a major label, and he loves the fact that podcasts play samples or even songs because they look at it as no different than FM radio, right? Yeah. So the problem is, is that you get into this thing is who owns a song, right? right? So there's a lot of things going on. For example, you take a band and they tour with Live Nation. Live Nation wants to get a cut of their merchandise. So if you use a band's logo on your show art, that can cut it. If someone has the rights to merchandise or use that name or whatever, you even putting it out there. They can, because in this case, the charge is the thing. Do you know what I'm saying? The accusation is enough to to stop you. By the way, do you still have that audio of uh, when you were, when you met Kiss, you were backstage? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and them talking about, I think Eric and Gene talking about whether, whether or not, and yes, we can use the Kiss logo. We don't tend to. Uh, well, we did back in the early days, but then we realized that this could be problems. And Eric Singer asked us, well, why aren't you using the KISS logo? And we said we didn't want to get into a hassle. And he and Gene both said that we could. But here's the thing. Does KISS even own the rights? Yes. That's 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 what I was going to. That was my follow up question. Like, uh, you know, they may be very friendly about it, but I wonder if, if it's out of their hands. See, the thing is, is that when you partner with people. I don't care if, you know, who they partner with. Like, let's say that event... Well, it's a Live Nation thing for you, that you were saying, too. Yeah, for example, Live Nation, and then there's Event and other things like that. They have a deal with KISS that they're licensing KISS's logo and images and stuff like that. So right. they could see what we're doing and say, that's enough, you know. Then you get into music itself. For example, there's the person who wrote the song, the people that played on the song, the record company that put the song out, the people that have the digital rights, the people that have the rights to it for a movie, the people that have the rights to it for a soundtrack, people that have a rights for a compilation, and then you've got the people that have the publishing. So let's say that Meatloaf comes on our show, and we're going to talk to Meatloaf, and he's, hey, Meatloaf, can we use your logo? Sure. Well, someone probably owns that logo. Meatloaf, do you care if we play Two Out of Three Ain't Bad? I'd love for you to do that because I'm playing at the Sheboygan Rib Fest and I need as many people to show up there as I can. Okay, well, here's Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Click, we get shut down. The record company does not care if Meatloaf's playing the Sheboygan Rib Fest. They only care about selling. Because of their exclusivity. Well, not only that, they only care about selling product. As a matter of fact, this is going to sound really grim to a lot of people. 
But any artist that's out there, they make a ton of money after they're dead. So them being alive and stumbling through bars on the downside of their career, it, it doesn't really matter. What they're really wanting to do is sell product. And once you die, you become a cash cow because then you can put out the memorial album, the greatest hits, the greatest hits part four, the greatest hits part five. You become a, a, a hot thing for a while. You know what I'm saying? People tend to want to buy what they can no longer have. So Eddie Money dies, the next day you can't get an Eddie Money CD on Amazon for a while because an impulse buy. So, so if Meatloaf's playing at the Sheboygan Rib Fest, the record company doesn't care if you're using their music that they own or even, let's say, the publishing. So, for example, I had a guy from the Fab Four who's a huge Kiss fan, by the way on pop and he played live two songs written by paul mccartney and those could be taken down even if it's not the beatles performing that song even if it's not paul mccartney performing that song even if i'm not playing the actual song the publisher can still say that needs to be shut down because i'm not getting paid right god that's so depressing I, one of my favorite uh one of the coolest things that we've ever had on on podcast was uh, I think it was Todd Howarth, right? Yeah, Todd Howarth performed uh, "Calling to You," and yes. just the you know the the fact that we had a me member of Fraley's Comet. God, I remember standing in Caldor. Remember Caldor? Mm -hmm. Remember that store? Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, holding a Fraley's Comet record when it first came out. You know, the fact that we had a member of Fraley's Comet exclusively performing uh, a song from from that band just for us was such a was such an awesome thing you know and mm -hmm. uh it's sad to think that that you know that their generosity and their desire to share the music with people who appreciate it can could be uh shut down or preempted by folks who are you know exclusively about the bottom line mm -hmm. because because truly i don't think it i don't really think uh that any of this takes money away from any of them. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, it actually brings them a bigger audience. We, over the years at the podcast, have only helped KISS. Seriously. I'd like to think so. And I think, and I think we do a pretty good job with the disclaimer at the end of the show, you know, saying, like, if you like what you hear, go buy it. Support the people who make it. But be that as it may, we don't have a legal right to play any kiss music on this show actually you know where we've been the worst is for example saying uh this nas song we yeah, like right we played a nas song because we were trying to describe where paul got the idea for that song you know what i mean so it was kind right. of like so we played one by the by nas and the move and um yeah yeah yeah, that's it's even further complicated because some record labels and some studios have people who do nothing all day. For example, Don Henley testified in front of a Senate hearing about this recently, and they have 60 people at their record company that do nothing all day but scour the Internet for copyright infringement violations and porn. Well, that goes without saying, but on their job, they actually get paid. I mean, there's a room full of 60 people sitting around doing nothing but clicking on the Internet, listening to podcasts, going to YouTube, 
and taking things down because if someone plays three seconds of Hotel California, they got to shut that shit down like Negan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you've got that. And then there are people who are entrepreneurs who go, hey, Warner Brothers or whatever record company it is, if we find infractions, will you pay us? So people actually are paid by the takedown. There are companies formed to take down copyrighted material. So they're like digital headhunters, if you will. Which means that our, at the expense of, not expense, not financial expense, but at the, the, the emotional expense of friends of ours like the Rock and Roll podcast. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'm assuming, just to get back, I'm assuming that when you say offending material, what you're talking about is the fact that they have played songs from albums on their on their podcast right see see, the problem is is that podcasters and youtubers and people use the fair use clause the problem is is who determines what fair use is there are some bands some companies that like i said earlier look at podcasting as nothing more than fm radio we're we're advertising for the band right yeah podcasts have probably done more to keep the music industry going than anything else because radio is not really doing it anymore so people like decibel geek and rock and metal combat podcast and just so many of them all the all the people out there doing the work and the love you know that they put into it well and i'm thinking about when we've when we've had the you know podcast conventions over the years that you know look at the people who show up a lot of you know a lot of musicians show mm-hmm. up yeah. Right. The whole thing with Angel a few years ago that was so cool. Right. Like uh, absolutely. You know, they they seem to understand and appreciate that, that. Like you're saying, you know, this is the front line of of music promotion for in a lot of ways, especially for a particular uh, type of music or audience or demographic. Right. So let's go into this from another standpoint. Matt Porter in the Kiss Room, which, by the way, on August 14th, there'll be a brand new Kiss Room. Check it out. You'll get that in this feed. We love Matt Porter. But he was erased this week. So he was erased for advertising the latest episode of his show. And, And just for, you know, for the uninitiated, if any there be out there who don't listen to Matt Porter, and shame on you if you don't listen to the Kiss Room. Mm hmm. Uh, he runs that out of um, was it Montgomery, Montgomery County. Yeah. Uh, Over on MontcoRadio.com. The Kiss Room is a show that, that they've been doing for so many years, part of the podcast. And uh, basically, because he was promoting so much on Facebook, Facebook shut him down. They, cl- they closed his account. And it was kind of scary because they left him a message that basically said, they asked him to send a picture of himself to prove who he is. Right. And then they said, during COVID, we don't know when we'll be able to get back to you, if ever. So if Matt's been on Facebook for 10 years, that's 10 years of photos that Matt yeah. has up there and 10 years of videos that Matt has up there. And he literally did not exist on the platform. If I clicked on past messages, it didn't say Matt Porter. It said Facebook user. Yeah, and, and and I was texting with him yesterday about this, and that's the thing that he's most upset about. He said, you know, man, it's all those pictures, all those photographs. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, I I know I, I probably have some, but if he's tagged in them, right, 
the pictures that we've taken over the years with Matt that he in which he is tagged, do those still exist? Have our pictures also? Oh, they're still there because the great news, ta-da, is Matt is back on Facebook. But it's scary oh, for like a day and a half. Yeah, he oh, just came okay. back. The breaking news. This just in. I didn't know that. That's yeah. great news. Okay. So so it's great news. But the, the thing is, is that Facebook can decide that you're not paying them enough money. And that's really what this comes down to, right? Because there are shows that that pay for ads on Facebook. They never get taken down. <laughs> well. There's a reason for that. So what they try to do is throttle you. And here's a weird example. I have the Pop with Ken Mills Facebook page, right? Right. And I've got Zilch Monkeys Podcast, right? You've got Cheap Talk. Yeah. And then there's Podkiss. Maybe you've heard of it. But the thing of it is, is that if I go on Podkiss and put a show up, it limits the people that see it that are actually part of the podcast Facebook page, which seems mind-blowingly stupid. It, it limit What limits? I'll get to that. If I take that same show and I share it over to the podcast, I just hit the share button from podcast over to pop, more people see it. They throttle your viewing audience. So in the... The old days, you used to put a show up and everybody that was a member of the group got a notification. So unless you have it turned on to get notifications from the podcast or the Kiss Room or whatever, I don't care if it's Ed's Taco Hut, whatever you belong to, Facebook wants the pages to pay for promotion. So they basically no longer have it set that if you're a member of a group, you naturally see something. So there are times when if you share something in your own dedicated group, it is not seen as much as if you share it to a different group with a different algorithm. I know it sounds weird. No, no, no. But what determines that? Like you were mentioning about, you know, podcast gets more visibility if it's shared via pop. I believe that Facebook has a thing that just throttles your views. Is there any logic to it or is it really just like yucky math? Because they want you to pay for promotion. But why would pop are you do you pay differently? I mean No, but but here's the thing. If this originates from podcast, it used to be everybody in that Facebook group got to see it. Now Basically, unless you go through your notifications and tell it, send me every notification that a show's posted on the podcast Facebook page, it cuts all that out. Facebook isn't set up to deal with something from another group. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that so, make any words, sense? Pop, yes, that whatever algorithm they're applying to pop doesn't apply to podcast. Right. Until you do it a few times, and then they go, wait a second, this guy's getting around us, we have to sat too. For crying out loud. They really want to They really want to streamline everything and control it a lot, don't they? Right, right. And here's the problem. This is why it's so important to share a show. If someone puts up a show and you love the podcast, please click and share. Click oh, yeah. and share. It's so simple. If you Sharing is caring, right? So... Anyway, so if you really care about a show, share it. 
It, Teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. And all those things. During these unprecedented, unprecedented trying times, click and share. So Matt is now reestablished. Check out the Kiss Room on August 14th. Brand new one. Did they tell him to do anything differently? Don't know yet. Haven't had that discussion. But here's another thing. And I promise we're going to get to the talking of the compilation conundrum part three. But we, we, we will get there. Just, yeah. just one last thing. Over at Redbubble, we have sold Podkist and Kiss Room t-shirts for a long time. Uh-huh. Thank you to everyone who's ever purchased them. You can now get them all on clickteashop.com. But for some reason, we got a takedown on the Kiss Room logo. Matt Porter designed the Kiss Room logo. I refined, Ace refined it. No, no, I refined, Paul refined it. <laughs> I refined Matt's logo. That was always our joke. Matt designed it, I refined it, and it's it was a labor of love. It was something cool that Matt saw in his head. It's like that 70s iron-on decal look. Yeah, it was wonderful. done with love. And there's nothing on this that says kiss, literally except for the word kiss. There is a saw blade on it. Right. In, in a non, in a non, uh, in an, uh, what do you call it? Like a, an unremarkable font, right? That isn't kiss. It's not the kiss font. Right. It is not the kiss font, nor is it something that anyone should be able to sue us for. But again, the accusation is the thing. Because they don't count on anyone to lawyer up, and then the customer service is such that you get everything's automated. There's no human you can talk to. But what was the accusation? It, what Copyright infringement. We got a thing saying there has been a copyright infringement. This work, the Kiss Room, has been taken down. So we contacted Redbubble and said, hey, this is our work. We've been using it since this time. It's been used for this. It's been used for promotion for the shows. It's been used on radio and Bluebell. Right. Where music and minds meet. <laughs> yeah. It's been a, an established thing for a very long time. And you take all the time to write that up and you get nothing back. Right. So you write, click here to respond, to get your work put back up. I've clicked and written long, massive things three or four times and nothing happens. The weird thing is, is that there, there's a couple weird things. The podcast shirts are still up at Redbubble. But like we said, go to clickteashop.com. Everything's there. But it, the Kiss Room shirt has not been put back up. But the weird thing is, is that there is a shirt that's got the Podkiss logo and the Kiss Room logo on it. Now, why isn't that taken down on Redbubble? Here's why. There are bots that spend all day doing nothing but scouring the internet so that people can get paid for takedowns. The only offending thing on this, the Kiss Room, is the word kiss. Yeah. So just that word in itself is enough for them to say copyright infringement. As far as I know, KISS has never copyrighted the KISS room. Well, and I'm wondering if maybe it's time, and this sucks, but maybe it's time for Matt Porter to make it one word. Not Matt Porter, but KISS room. That's the way I look at it. it you yeah. Know. But the thing is, is that Matt's been using this, the, the KISS room. We've been using it. Matt's been using it. It's an established thing. It's an established mm -hmm. brand. We've sold merchandise with the Kiss Room and the Podkiss logo. Well, look, a lot of people, when they get married, they change some part of their name. Mm -hmm. And if, if it comes down to it, you know, to protect Matt and his awesome show, maybe what has to happen is the Kiss Room has to be one word 
the way podcast is because based on what you're saying, those bots aren't out there looking for Kisroom or Pakist. They're looking for Kiss. Well, well, that that could be the thing around it. So just the fact that it had the Kiss Room. So I contacted somebody from the Kiss organization. Okay. Uh huh. Epic Rights is doing a lot of stuff with them. Live Nation is doing a lot of stuff with them. So they have the rights to use the logo and all that stuff. So I contacted somebody and they said they looked at it and they said they couldn't think of any reason why this should be taken down. And then he said, well, maybe the saw blade. And he said, the problem with that is that Black and Decker and other saw companies have been using saw blades (laughs) as logos lot longer before rock and roll over was ever put out so right i just wonder if maybe did uh did, did um michael dore and uh and and kiss and billicoin have to go get permission from black and decker <laughs> no you know to make that record cover i'm surprised there hasn't been a black diamond saw blade there's some oh, yeah. kissed Come opportunity. Kissed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I know that we've spent a lot more time talking about this than we wanted to, but here's the good news. At some point, the Rock and or Roll podcast will come back. If it does, I suggest you listen to it, download whatever you want, and keep it as much as you can in this digital age. I'm imploring you right now as a podcast listener or Kiss Room listener, if you want to keep these memories as long as you can, get a hard drive, download them while you can. They're free. We will never charge for this stuff. But if you want it, keep it. And I'm saying this, if, if, you, if you want to maybe listen to this five years from now, it could all just go away and Ace would teleport us to Jendel. It's just that quick. Right. Hey, Carly. You know, that quick. If you love a, a podcast, share it, download what you want to keep. And the thing is, is it's weird because we everything used to be counted as a download. Now you get uh, different stats, right? So many yeah. people downloaded this, so many people streamed it, and what device they streamed it on. Like, so many people and what country they're from. We can see all that stuff. The downloads are almost non-existent at this point because everybody's on their device and streaming. So... Right. All of this, 14 years, that quick. So if there's any of that you want to keep, get on it. I'll tell you what I want. And, if, and, and everybody listening, if you've, got, if you've got the machinery to do this, I want a cool greatest moments of the podcast, whether it's interview snippets or fun conversations or goofs or whatever. I want someone to to put those out as a double vinyl record. Well, you may get your wish because the fine folks are great friends over at Kistry Science Theater. Their one of their shows was actually put on a Kiss bootleg, and like, how weird what? is that? That's what I want. I want that. I, I I keep waiting for that. Well, don't be careful what you wish for, Gary, because uh, well. I- I tell you what, I just, I want like a big double album on vinyl, black vinyl. It doesn't have to be fancy. You're insane. Uh, with a gatefold co- thing that has you and I on it. That's what I want. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway. You hear that, listeners? Wink. <laughs> 
You're insane. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Okay, but come on, Ken. Is there really no part of your of that of that teeny little heart of pure Formica? How dare you, sir? Is there no part of you that doesn't want to be – is there no part of you that doesn't maybe like love the idea of you and I on a record together that you put on a turntable? And- well, that's cool and all. But like let's say that uh, someone does that and then they sell that. No. No, listen to me. Listen. So someone hears this and they do that and then it gets sold and somebody from a record company goes into the one or two places that they're still selling records and they pick this up and they go, these bastards are making money off Kiss. And then they come after us. They're not going to after bootlegger. They're going to come after you and me. So be careful what you wish for, my friend, as you are wont to do. Look, we're not saying, no, listen, don't make them to sell them. Just send, send the copies to me. Right. And here's the address. It's Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> one, two, three, Apple Tree Lane. Take down Lane. Yeah. Digital infringement. Please don't erase us. Dot com. So anyway, on with the rest of the show. We love you, Matt Porter. We love you, Brian Cramp. We love you, Julian Gill. We love everybody. We love Ted and Alice and Christine and Lyle and everybody out there. We love everyone. I'm doing that thing like Mr. Uh, what it, Romper Room. Remember yeah, Romper the, Room? Yeah, the mirror. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. I Did see they Matt. ever see Ken? I see Maddie Porter. They never I see saw Ken Gary. Mills. I'm sure that at some point they saw Gary. But Gary sounds like an adult. Seriously. You know what they never said? You know, you know what you never heard on Romper Room? What? I see Onika and Ahmed and... Shayu. That's probably true. But I'm, you know, Gary sounds like an adult name. Like if you say, Hey, look, everyone, Gary's here. You don't expect a three-year-old to come walking through the door. It's just so, yeah. Here's here's what it is. Hey, everyone, Gary's here to fix the refrigerator. Walk, walk. But like, (laughs) for example, if you're named John and you're a little kid, that's Johnny. And that's, but there's, there's nowhere to go with Gary. Yeah. It's already infant, you know, made into an infant form of the name with the Y, and we always imagine uh, an adult guy with a tool belt and the crack of his ass showing. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hot. So anyway, on with the rest of the show. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, back in 2011, we were talking about compilations. The topic came up. Um, we're always looking at what you know, what Kiss media have and have we not discussed. We try, we've tried to cover every uh, every album. I think we have done every studio album. And in fact, you were saying about um, our listener who contacted you. Yeah, but that's that's another show. That's another show. We'll, we'll get oh, okay. to that. All right, go on. Well, we'll get yes, we'll get to that. But um, Kiss have made so many compilations over the years and it's good and it's not good. And there's ones we love and there's ones we, we don't care about. And we realized that, uh, it's been almost, you know, almost a decade since we've covered the topic of the kiss compilations. So if you go back to 2011, I think it's April, maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, 2011 episode 43, it's a two parter. Mm Mm-hmm. And you listen to us discussing the various KISS compilations up to that point. Then you'll hear our, our wonderful opinions about, about them. I haven't gone back to review that episode. And in part, it's intentional because I don't, I kind of want a little bit of a, a fresh take on this. You know, if we do 
revisit any of those old compilations in this discussion. We may or may not, but if we do, it'd be interesting to to contrast that with what we said those nine years ago to see if any of our opinions have changed at all. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, what we do want to focus on in particular is is uh, we want to focus on the compilations or compilation like releases that have come out since 2011. Mm-hmm. Because there have been some I think there have been some interesting releases in the in the in the years between. Right. OK, so the one that I wanted to start with is. Hold on. Hold I, on. I got to do a proper introduction. Oh, Mine was improper. I had my I had my boob hanging out. Oh, sorry. To the podcast cave. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm putting that music there. Let me read what we wrote on the show description of the last time. Ready? Yeah. Don't you already have these songs? If you've ever given a compelling answer to that mocking inquiry or struggled to justify yet another redundant purchase, this one's for you. On this episode of the podcast, we've gathered a great panel of discussants to bring you an exhaustive and exhausting review of the seemingly endless array of KISS compilations. It is the the KISS compilation conundrum. I'm really glad we didn't do K for all of those. Yeah, that could have been bad. So here we are. And, you know, as fate would have it, I did a search for this episode. And I found some reaction, just so we can talk about Uh this. Um, Guess we overlooked the fact that on Killers, I Was Made for Loving You and Shouted Out Loud are both the USA single edits. And Gary said that Rock and Roll Night was the live single version, when in fact it is not. It is the album version with a fade in and fade out. So if you've been waiting since 2011 for that update, there you go, right? So there you go. Well, it's not just that they've been waiting for that update. They, mm-hmm. What they've been waiting for, let's be honest, what they've been waiting for is for me to apologize. So let me say nine years later, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. Dave writes, Killers double platinum the originals and smashes thrashes and hits because of the original song, single edits, and cool inserts. Smashes and thrashes and hits had this the best mix of Love Gun, in my opinion. Greatest Kiss has the live shouted out loud from the reunion video, but you can get that from the box set too. You wanted the best, you got the best, has unreleased live songs that are cool, although dishonest vault recordings. Kiss Gold has the single edit of Radioactive without the album intro mixed in, the box set, and a live 1975 to 2000 for obvious reasons included. The rest is unneeded and unrepeated songs. So thank you, yeah. Dave, for that. How cool are our listeners, though? I mean, I love, I, you know, I, I was joking about it, but I love the fact that someone, you know, identified that that it's not the single version of the live uh, rock and roll all night. I love the amount of detail in Dave's email. I mean, all of that is so cool, and we appreciate all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Piero writes, I think the compilation playlist plus is the best because you get a pretty good idea of what Kiss is all about with three CDs, including songs from their whole career. Of course, it's only the three Millennium Collection CDs, but at least you don't have to buy them individually. If you only want one CD, the very best of Kiss is the best option. Some songs like Cold Gin, Parasite, Firehouse, Making Love, or Black Diamond are not featured in both compilations 
So if you want to focus on the 70s, you should get Kiss Gold. And because not everyone likes everything we do. You ready? Yeah, bracing myself. You guys sure know how to put together a good show. But this was far from your best episode. With Kiss, there should be other topics coming to mind before doing a full show on compilations. What happened to such great Kiss topics as the makeup designs, costume designs, and stage designs? Three important Kiss-related themes right there. I guess we are dropping the ball, Gary. Yeah. That is legend tonight, and I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Well, it was only a matter of time before our balls finally dropped. That's true. That's true. Trout player, remember him? Love you, Trout. He said, Podkiss always sends me back to those trance-like Kiss obsessive states where I'll revisit everything Kiss like a madman. I finished listening to this episode earlier this morning and have only now stopped listening to a Kiss playlist that I put together and watching their 1990 France TV footage on YouTube like it was better than Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark combined. Not a bad way to spend the day. So thank you, Trout. Love you to pieces. And so that's just some... It was just neat to kind of see that and go back a little bit. Sure. One of the frustrating things that I really wish we had done different with podcasts is that we would have, instead of doing part one and part two and part three of something, like the Rock and Roll Over show, Yeah. that was three parts, but we all named it one the same show number, right? Yeah. Like we did the two compilation conundrums they're both episode 43 part one and part two because we'd probably be up to 553 or whatever right so <laughs> right, right right which by the way shout out to michael butler over at the rock and roll geek show 1000 episodes congratulations show. awesome yeah that is fantastic so anyway right so since we've done this episode back in 2011 there have been some compilations It's time to go through those and see what we'd recommend or why we'd have to buy this one again. Sometimes we buy an album just for a cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's some validity to that. I, you know, I I know that we're going to talk about that pretty soon about uh, Ace's new record with all the different album covers, but yes, sometimes we get something, the packaging draws us in as it should, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big part of what Kiss has always been about. Like, for example, it's weird. Right now, there's a lot of money being spent by Kiss fans on buying a vinyl version of Kiss Double Platinum, which I personally, I don't understand why there would be a need to buy it, except that maybe if you didn't have a chance to get it before. Right. But they're selling, like, mugs and T-shirts and for Kiss Double Platinum, and I just don't see the point. Did you ever see that meme that that goes around and it's <laughs> it's like a picture of the Trojan horse like the you know like at the gates mm-hmm. and it's like uh <laughs> you know it's like it says like me with an arrow to the guy pulling the horse and then there's an arrow inside the horse that says kiss and it's like what I do in every conversation is like I sneak kiss into the conversation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that's part of it when people buy these mugs that have like the double platinum album cover on it or like a, a, a hat that says kiss on mast on it. Is this just like a way as we do as we are want to do? Yes. As kiss fans want to rock and roll. Yes. A sneaking kiss into every conversation. We're on that Zoom call. 
-hmm. Up comes the mug and it says kiss uh, double platinum. Mm -hmm. Right. Free advertising. But I'll tell you what, you know, as we're going through this list here, I want to acknowledge that the first thing on the list that I have is not technically a compilation, but it is a box set. And I wanted to include it in the conversation because part of what we're discussing here is the re-releasing or reissuing mm-hmm. of collected songs from the KISS catalog that may or may not differ from the versions we already have. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that I have on the list here was released in November of 2012, and it is the Casablanca singles 1974 to 1982. Mm-hmm. It is technically a box set. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a box set that features a number of reissued uh, vinyl singles, 45s, if you will, uh, in their picture sleeves, gorgeous quality, lovely, uh, lovely quality, nice cardboard, um, with a really great book, uh, tons of, you know, glossy pictures and, uh, and, and um, uh, text about each song, each single, uh, I, I, I bought it hungrily very excited to own these replica 45s and play Mm -hmm. them because in in many cases, the version of the song does differ. um, And in some cases, significantly differ Mm -hmm. from what you get on the standard studio album release that you could download or stream or whatever. Right. Now, had they issued this whole collection of songs as a, a disc or a two disc set or whatever it would be, I suppose that would really be a compilation, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm including it here to talk about the fact that it's an example of what of when I think Kiss or the the record company does something right. Mm -hmm. Right. The packaging is gorgeous. The booklet is informative. I don't think it's very erroneous. Like some like, you know, you look at some of the packaging for some of these things and there's lots of errors. And it's something that as Kiss fans, because of by virtue of the like nostalgic value of it uh i think it's like a a a no-brainer a great release like who you know who that's like a uh you know died in the wool old school kiss fan wouldn't enjoy having this stack of singles with this great artwork and you know in some cases uh non-american releases right Mm -hmm. right so i think that that's the kind of stuff you know and we've discussed like why aren't they reissuing the tour books or putting out a big giant coffee table uh, compendium of the tour books or the the like the Japanese um, was it music life is that what it's called like why aren't they making that stuff available or right you know whatever the view like why isn't there a book that has like the Viewmaster reels and and uh, you know like a reproduction of the of um, what is it called uh, color forms like all this cool can uh, you 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 work in graphic design like everything now is clip art. Or like uh, everything now is um, there's like a a, a a style guide or a Bible for right. every right. property, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same image 87 times. But back in the day, you had tons of cool original artwork, like like the color forms is awesome, right? Or the mm-hmm. the what do you ever like the shrinky dinks or whatever the hell, right? Or the kiss rub and play, which so, that yeah, was a real and, thing, right? Which is such a great name, kiss which rub is a and lot play. dirtier sounding than it is but well after you rub and play that's you know Hot. depending on your anatomy you shrink you have a shrinky dink mm-hmm. so uh but but i don't know would you agree with me like this is where 
fans really want to go is is that kind of like cool original material right but the band looks at it differently like for example i was talking to somebody about the kiss logo and somewhere around the time of oh gosh 2010 maybe kiss did what i'm gonna call a very ugly logo where they made this metal looking logo of kiss you know what oh. i'm saying it's of it, the of the word yeah, and it seemed like the S's got a little wider than normal. Yeah. Okay. Wider. Not whiter, but wider. Yeah. And if you look at, like, the classic KISS logo from 1978, 1977, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different one. And, yeah, the chromium-looking KISS looks cool and metal, right? You know, very metal. These go up to 11. But it's not as cool as what I saw in 1977. It's just not. But right. KISS, they in some ways want to keep going. In some ways they want to stay the same. So when I see a t-shirt with these metal-looking logos or chromium-looking logos, they, they just don't impress me as much as seeing you know, the, the logo that's on a live two. Do you oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? So oh, Of course. Uh so that's one thing. Now, here's a compilation. I don't even know if this is on your list or not. But it was called Five Classic Albums. No. Okay, this came out in October 2nd, 2012. It's a box set, Five Classic Albums. And it just had the Kiss logo with the words Five Classic Albums on a box that was all black. Inside of that box, because it had an open side, you had the Kiss CD from 1974, Dress to Kill from 75, Destroyer 76, Rock and Roll Over 1976, and the fifth disc. Are you ready? This makes this a necessary discussion on part of the compilation conundrum because... It's the Peter Chris solo album. What? It's Peter Chris solo No, no. This box set has in this in this deluxe Kiss box set. It's got a copy of the Millennium Collection, 20th Century Masters. Interesting. So you've got a compilation in a compilation box set, a compilation album. So it's like, why? Yeah, it seems kind of weird. Like, wouldn't you think that it would have just had Kiss, Dress to Kill, Hotter in Hell, Let's Destroyer, go. Dynasty? Well, yeah. Well, even if you just had them in sequential order, right? Right, right. But I guess this way you really do get a lot of the best of the Kiss stuff. And it's it, this is currently out of print. It came back with a different cover that had like a photo of the things. And oddly enough, it was re-released in 2013. And uh, the the artwork was different for the outside, and instead of having the CD in the CD cases, these are now in cardboard sleeves. Huh. And I believe cool. this one is still out there, but the problem is, imagine this. It's selling for $149.95 right now because it's out of print. Yeah. Just imagine you're a KISS fan going, I really need to buy this again. And instead of buying the remaster, which you can buy very easily yeah. <laughs> of Rock yeah. and Roll Over, or that KISS Millennium Collection or Destroyer, you need to buy this for $149. It's, it's a pointless 
cash grab and it's not worth your time. There's no reason to buy this unless you're complete, dedicated, got to have everything. So that's a big no, especially on those because it's basically a box set with a compilation in it. So it's it's a weird animal anyway. Yeah, that is odd. So that's a big thumbs down. Yeah. No erect, nothing there. Right. There's no rub and play for that one. Yeah, exactly. There's also something called Star Boulevard, which was released in Germany. Uh, I don't even know what this is, but uh, it's a very weird thing. The Kiss logo is that German Kiss logo. Oh, with the straight S's or whatever. Yeah. Well, more like Z's, backward Z's. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this was released in November of 2012. And it's it's a weird, weird mixture of songs. It's, it starts off with Strutter, Detroit Rock City, goes on and on. Disc one ends with I Want You. Then you flip over to disc two and it's got Deuce, Got to Choose. But by the end of it, by track nine, we're up to Lick It Up, Forever is track 12, Talk to Me, Sure Know Something, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, and Cold Gin Live. It's a very weird compilation. It's only available in germany at the retailer rosman so very rare thing i would imagine there's not even a link to order so go on let me ask you a question about all this okay yeah. really quickly it's a little bit of a like a little bit of a side thing but uh do you, do you think the, do you think that we'll ever see a time when uh they're putting out a compilation they put throw on some 80s non-makeup songs 80s mind you Mm-hmm. Uh, and any of them are sung by Gene Simmons. Probably not. Right. I know that on the box set that I don't count that because right. that is supposed to be career spanning. And so they do have like, I forget what it was like, Hell or High Water or something like that. Um, but, you know, none of those were singles. Right. But like right. I, you know, I'd like to see the day because I'm unabashedly a fan of some of that 80s mm-hmm. Gene material, like the stuff on. Uh, lick it up, right? Gene's songs like fits like a glove and not for the innocent. Like, why aren't those on a compilation? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. Like, I don't understand why Trial by Fire was not released as a single. Oh, I know that's a song that you love. I love that one too. It's a it's a great song and super uplifting and encouraging song and just a really catchy, good tune. It's pretty much Lick It Up Part Two. It's the same. Yeah, you can if you can play one, you can play the other. Yeah, on guitar. So what's the next compilation? Well, I was going to say, are we up to 2014? Because that's that's the next on my list. And obviously, that was a big year for Kiss. They had the Vegas residency uh, from which we got the Live in Vegas uh, DVD album release, right? Uh, it was also the year, if I'm not mistaken, that they were inducted, it finally inducted into the Notorious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um but it, it is it also remarkable because they released Kiss 40 to commemorate the 40th anniversary of of their album making days. Right. Because they started in 1973, but the first record came out in, ni- in 1974. So this came out in May 23rd, ni- uh, 2014, Kiss 40. And it is remarkable, I think, for its inclusion of some live tracks that I don't think you can easily obtain elsewhere. They're live tracks that were recorded on tour 
Um, I think, it, you know, it, in starting in 2004, remember on the, what was it, the Rock the Nation tour? Mm-hmm. It was the first tour with Tommy and Eric. Uh, and it was cool because that was where they started to, like, after the show, you, you know, you'd pay for the thing. And after the show, you'd go line up and get a CD of the show that you just saw, a soundboard recording, which was great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a bunch of the tracks on kiss 40 uh come from different like pennsylvania burgesstown burgesstown pennsylvania yeah. july 4th 2004 and then um uh cobo hall detroit 2009 there's a version of crazy nights that was recorded in holland in 2010 uh and then i think heller hallelujah the japanese version has a bonus track of hell or hallelujah live at budokan in tokyo on october 24th 2013 this is a cool compilation i think Mm -hmm. i think so too i actually purchased this one yeah nice it's like it does have that sort of like you were saying before the like metal logo on the cover or like a a seal i don't mean the water animal but like a, a crest or something yeah, that is uh, that is such a dated look. I'm telling you, as yeah. a graphic artist, I look at that thing and it just screams like someone's been using Photoshop for the first time. <laughs> it's just not good. Is it better or worse than Comic Sans? It is. It is the equivalent of like in ten years, <laughs> this is gonna look like bad comic book art. That's what that looks like to me. Okay. All right. It might as well be a Kid Rock release. It's, it's the '90s. It's that bad. It's the McFarland. Uh, no, 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 no! Don't don't besmirch Todd <laughs> McFarlane. But this is this is the equivalent of a Brett Michaels solo album. Like he's trying to look cool. That's, is it the Chris Chris Gaines? Is that it's, no? No, don't. Why bring Garth into this? He's a good guy. Oh, very. Yeah. So anyway, so the reasons to get this are definitely reputation. Yeah, which is really. Cool. Right, reputation is a is was a, a demo recorded during the Love Gun album uh, recordings, mm-hmm. uh, and if I'm not mistaken, now that is also available on the. Did they put that on the Love Gun? Yes, I believe I believe that is on the Love Gun Deluxe or whatever it's called, Love yeah. Gun Reloaded, whatever yeah. it is, you know, yeah. whatever cool thing. But I will say this about the Kiss Forty: if you get the Japanese version. It includes a 68-page booklet, which yeah. the U.S. version does not. It also has a track 19, the Japanese exclusive bonus track recorded live at Nippon Budokan and Tokyo 2013. So those are some things to check out. But there's even another one. Do you know about this? The Best of Kiss 40, only released in Japan. Wow. I Nope, you got me there. Now this is similar to the artwork that is on the American version. The only problem is, is that this one, it's, it's got a couple things going on. It's, it's white where the other one is black. Okay. Okay. And it kicks off the album with Samurai Sun. So nice. Right there. That makes this one interesting, right? Uh, the special edition of songs called from the 2014 kiss 40 release. Plus one of them, 
Morimamo Clover Z vs. Kiss collaboration tracks released as a commemorative of the 2015 Japanese tour. The DVD edition includes three songs filmed at the Budokan in Tokyo on October 24th, 2013. Audio from that version of Hell or Hallelujah was previously released as a bonus track on the edition of Kiss 40. So this very ugly, ugly cover. You would think that since it was only released in Japan, they should have, with the 40 logo, instead of putting that ugly sheen around it, they should have released, like, the Japanese flag. That would have been very cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, have the KISS 40 logo with the red behind it be the center of the Japanese flag sun? Mm -hmm. That would have been the way to go. This is still available over on CD Japan. So, the best of KISS 40... SHM slash CD regular edition and uh, seems like it comes with a DVD from what I can tell. I don't read Japanese so there you go. I have to say it reminds me a little bit of uh, when uh, Alive 4 came out, mm-hmm. the um, Symphony Yes. Thing, right, that they did that little, the the one disc blue cover Yeah, the, the blue version. There was the double disc set, like the deluxe, this is the whole mamma jamma if you will You know why I bought that one, right? Uh, the Ramones. That's right. Yeah, because it had that on it. Mm-hmm. It had Kiss doing rock and roll radio for those playing along at home. That's I think it's worth buying. Which, in some ways, cues us up for the next thing. Now, again, I know that this is not a Kiss compilation, but I still want to mention it here. The Art of McCartney, 2014. Mm. Okay, not a compilation. It's a tribute to Paul McCartney... I believe, Ken, correct me if I'm wrong, that the the instrumental parts mm-hmm. are performed by Paul's band. Yes. Okay, and, and the, the vocals are done by various artists. And Yeah, for example, on the album you had Alice Cooper doing Eleanor Rigby, Sammy Hagar doing Birthday, Hart doing a song, Rick and Robin from Cheap Trick doing a song. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the only KISS personnel on this track are Gene... And Paul. Great version of uh, Venus and Mars. Yes. Well, it's, 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 I don't know if it's great because as, well, as such a McCartney nerd, right? Okay. McCartney nerd. McCartney nerd. But as, as such a nerd about Paul McCartney, it's, it's not going to live up to the greatness that is, right? But it's very cool. Recently on the Sirius XM Beatles channel, I heard this. And that was very cool because for the first time ever, some of like Beatles snobs might have had to sit through Gene and Paul, and that gave me some joy and delight. So, I I like, you know, I like a song when Paul and Gene share lead vocals on it. That makes me happy, even if it's like "Take Me Down Below," which is mm-hmm. you know kind of a silly. I tune. love that song. Yeah. No, I, I look. I'm a big fan of of the whole Monster record. Mm-hmm. Kissed Opportunity, why was that not, like, ever played on a Kiss cruise, especially since it's got the bit, you know, yeah, the nautical allusions yeah. to the song, you know. Don't get me started on why, the like, the, all of that, uh, especially, like, the Tommy and Eric songs, to give other singers a break, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a whole other yeah. situation. But... Uh, you know, so I, with Venus and Mars. Wait, I have to say this: the thing that pisses me off about that song is there's one 
lyric that makes no sense. It's all right. it's it's all lined up to for cock, right? And they they don't say it. Is that what am I thinking right? Uh, I told told her that my ship was ready to rock. Uh, uh, something to put on my left sock. What I don't remember. <laughs> I told her that my ship was ready to rock. Um, yo, she whispered, "You could take the bottom or top." Something like that. I can't remember. It's yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's got more to do with being an old person than the quality of the music or anything. It's just I'm old. <laughs> but I like that you know I like a song where Gene and Paul share the vocals. Absolutely. Um, I also think that they did the, you know, they did the smart thing with having Gene sing the really Beatlesy part mm-hmm. in the beginning, and then you have, of course, Paul doing the, you know, rock show at the concert Cabot and all that stuff. Yeah, very good. All right, so not a compilation. Just wanted to include it. Now, this next one goes a little bit back to the beginning of our episode today when we were talking about kind of Live Nation and all that, because the next thing that I have on the list here is something that was released in 2015. Uh, and it is called Greatest Live Hits. And it was it was released by the label is Concert Live. So again, this is, you know, 2008 European tour. Uh-huh. I think it's all from the European tour. I could be wrong. But, you know, it's like one of those things like when uh, you had the live CDs in 2004, you could buy them at the end of the concert. They were doing that on the Alive 35 tour when uh-huh. they were in Europe. They played, right. you know, all over And what this is, is it is a compilation of uh, live tracks. I like it because it has so many songs from uh, Kiss Alive. They play almost the entirety, I think all but like four or five songs off that record. Plus it has, you know, Lick It Up and it has, uh, what else? Uh, Shout It Out Loud, I Love It Loud. But it's a cool, you know, again, it's like a cool compilation. If... If the notes here are correct from Discogs.com, only 200 copies were made. Yep. Yep. Uh, And it has a picture of the... I hate this picture. You hate the picture or you hate the the, uh, album cover? I hate the font. I hate the picture. This is the yellow one, right? Yeah. Okay. First off... I know it's supposed to be gold, but one of the problems with using gold as a highlight color is that it looks like it's something's drowning in piss, or maybe it looks <laughs> like gold. Or what? Or maybe it looks like gold. Okay. This looks like they're drowning in piss, or at least Mountain Dew. Okay? So, <laughs> I don't like it. That image was overused so much, and there's that horrible chromium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. why has everything got to be on fire? I know that Kiss fire explosions i understand but like you watch a modern kiss commercial it goes like this kiss returns to the enormous dome gene simmons paul stanley eric you know and just it's everything's fire 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 anyway kiss is a band right kiss and you know and i'm sure that in their storied career kiss has done plenty of water sports too Right, so oh man, that why did you go there? Well, there's the video for um, Who Wants to Be Lonely, the, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, a lot of spritzing going on there, no social <laughs> distancing going on, not, in that. not a drop, not a drop, there's a lot of droplets, 
And Kiss was unmasked, so mask up, folks. So there you go. So what's left? I know that it's not really a compilation, but there's the Kisteria box set from 2015. Yowza. That's one of the ultimate box sets. That was... Man, I wish I was a, a, a gazillionaire. Sure. Would you have also bought the book? That, you know, the one I'm talking about, that giant... The monster, monster? book? No, that's... Yeah. Well, if how rich am I? Like, because uh, I don't even know if I'd buy that if I were just a millionaire. Like, I'd have okay. to be more than a millionaire to like spend four thousand dollars on a book. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's not cheap. The next thing I have, and I think the last thing on my list here, is something that came out. Uh, it's a compilation so nice they released it twice, right? So 2017, and then again uh, last year, 2019, Kiss World or mm. Kiss World. Yeah. Uh, the the best of Kiss. Yeah. Uh, I you know it's it's unoffensive I suppose in its its song choices. I think there's like one or you know a, a few things on there that are like oh that's you know they don't usually include that right like I think I'm seeing crazy crazy nights that's on there so that's cool. But it does have I'm a legend tonight. It has modern day Delilah, Hell or Hallelujah. And I think one of those is a live version. Probably, yeah. And again, we're back to the fire. It's got a the Kiss World font and the Best of Kiss, and it's got fire and it looks like it's bubbling. I just don't like it. I would rather see the actual Kiss logo. It's just white is fine, you know. It's just it's so simple and it's pure. And uh, it's it's a weird. It's a weird picture that we have. There weren't there two different versions of this release, one with Gene and Paul up top and one yeah. with Tommy and Eric up top. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how that works. The most visual band in the world. And you got and not not for nothing, but you've got you've got Tommy Thayer in the band who who I think has a visual eye. Like if you look at the opening credits of Detroit Rock City, I, you know, in some ways, perhaps like one of the best parts of the movie is the opening credits. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. It's, right? It is probably the best thing in that movie. Yeah. Not to cut it down. Right. That and Kiss's performance at the end are the, that's the stuff I want to see. Mm-hmm. Not so much vomiting in a blender, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, or a pitcher, whatever the hell it was. But um, you've got that talent on that band of very visual people. And I know that Gene and Paul may not have been sitting around the coffee table saying, uh, hey, hey, let's make this compilation. Right. And yet, I still bought it because, of course, I did. Well, that's your addiction. You know, the one great thing about the Kiss World compilation, I don't think anyone's ever mentioned this, it is the culmination of something that's been talked about since 1979, 78. Oh, sure. Kiss World. It is finally real. Sure, we thought that it would be a traveling amusement park. <laughs> sure, it was featured in the Scooby-Doo, you know, Kiss Meet Scooby-Doo movie, which is excellent, by the way. Yeah, very good. Love it. But finally... And, and it has the last uh, new piece of music recorded that's by right. Kiss. Yeah. Kiss World is, is finally something you can take part in and buy a crappy compilation you can get it on different colored vinyls you can get it which that's a whole nother show right and i don't know if we'll ever get to that 
But right. there are so many different ways you can buy Kiss vinyl now. Like the new Ace album has been uh-huh. released, and they put out, you know, a variant of the Ace album. And I thought, well, I better get this. So there's a gold version with a black s- strip around the end. Oh, that'll I sh- I'm just gonna do it. Because during these times, these trying times, I was prescient that I was bored and I wanted to buy something. And there's Ace, and it's like, I can buy an Ace Fraley album in 2020. So I clicked on it and I bought it. And as soon as I did that, here was another one. The next day, here's another one. Yeah. And the next day, here's another one. How many variants can there be of something? But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But... I don't know. I like to. That's that's for kiss my wax and Jason and everybody over there to talk yeah. about that stuff. I was but. gonna say that you know they've they, those guys have it down to a science talking about the like the the vinyl releases and yeah. so on. Yeah. So you can finally own Kiss World. Amazing, huh? Who we thought it was gonna be a traveling amusement park. It turned out it was just a CD and album, a compilation Kiss album. But finally, Gene Simmons kept his word. You finally got Kiss World. Right. Better late than never. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm going to call episode three of the Kiss compilation conundrum. Yeah. So there you go. And a little update. If... A little update. But but hold on. Yeah. I've got one more thing to read. From Where's Drago, our buddy. He wrote this back in 2011. So I'm just going to let it fly. Here we go. Apologies for being behind the times, fellas. But I wanted to say that this was a podcast well worth listening to. I make the 43 that are well worth listening to. So that's some record. I love the conversation surrounding double platinum, killers, smashes, and all the rest. Just when you think all of the KISS topics are exhausted, you lot come up with a real light bulb moment. KISS compilations, of course. It's funny, as utterly pointless as a lot of the KISS compilations are, some of them are extremely dear to me. Because not of what they contain, but of the situation surrounding me getting them. Yeah. I didn't get double platinum until 1985 while shopping in North Wales. Visiting relatives, this was the nasty-looking 1985 re-release in the UK that had the four Dynasty Unmasked era photos on the inside cover. I got rid of this a few years later when I tracked down an original release, of course, More years later, I think it's harder to find this ugly 1985 release than it is the original 1978 version. That's my personal memory of Double Platinum. Before this, though, was Killers. Now there's something I would have liked the panel to have discussed. Is the correct title Kiss Killers rather than simply Killers? Sounds like a petty point, but most of my versions, yes I have a few, state Kiss kiss killers so his actually said kiss the album is called kiss killers so where where do you come down on that i i tend to think that the album is called killers but i like that i mean i i I, i'm sure i'm not alone in this that i i don't call it alive i i don't often call it kiss alive and paul stanley calls it kiss alive Mm -hmm. yeah just like the solo albums are kiss gene simmons kiss ace (laughs) you know so there you go and, of course, if you're really playing along at home, it's Kiss Killers. <laughs> yeah, with fire. Anyway, going back to Where's Drago. Anyway, my personal history started in 1983 here in Wales on the release of Lick It Up. 
So astounded was I by this new band. I asked for anything by Kiss for my birthday a month later. I received Kiss Killers, and I haven't looked back. I think that's a terrific duo for an introduction to Kiss. It's still one of my all-time favorite releases, simply for the period in time that it came into my life. Late 1983, soon after the release of Lick It Up. Smashes, thrashes, and hits I remember being extremely disappointed with. I had read in interviews that the tracks were to be reworked, which I looked at as re-recording. When I listened and found out that this wasn't the case, I really disliked it. Saying that, I thought that the cover was hilarious. It was so very 80s. It was as silly as, uh, all night, but a guilty pleasure all the same. Totally crass. I have never really played the thing through, though. I dimly remember preferring the version of Love Gun. And as an aside, I distinctly recall Gene saying in an interview at the time that the album was originally going to be called Smashes Through Ashes and Hits, but they didn't like the negative connotations that they had any ashes, period, and decided on the term thrashes instead. Anyway, another terrific podcast. Thank you for those stolen two hours. They were great. Thank you, Where's Drago? Yeah, what a great letter. Thanks a lot. And I, I, you know, getting back to smashes, thrashes, and hits, um, I love the point that Where's Drago made about, you know, perhaps it's less about what's on the compilation than it is about the circumstances of buying or listening to it. Because I'm thinking about um, the summer where I bought smashes, thrashes, and hits, and uh, being in high school and walking around, and, and I have a very specific memory of walking around on the beach listening to that cassette on headphones and I'm going to say something and you know people might laugh or roll their eyes but Ken you know how sometimes uh, an, an album can be a friend mm-hmm. right that compilation was a friend at a moment where like I really just needed a friend and you know it's things like that that can make or break your relationship with uh, a record um, you know, likewise, I, I mentioned standing in Caldor, uh, earlier and I remember, uh, buying Kiss Killers at the, at the store Caldor. Caldor, for those not in the know was, I think it was only probably on the East coast. It was like a, like a Target or a Walmart, but back in like the seventies and eighties. Um, and, and, and having a great fondness for Kiss Killers, uh, partly because I think it's, it was the only album that had that lineup on the cover mm-hmm. so i think that there's real value to these compilations like there is for anything else uh because of the moment that they mark in, a, in our lives and maybe a way for us to feel connected to something that's special and comforting or exciting uh for us and we don't disparage any listener or even any compilation if if for them they connect in that way uh, there's ones that I think are more enjoyable, like Kiss 40. Of, of the ones we discussed, you know, probably Kiss 40 would be the one that I would recommend anyone go out and buy if, they, if they're looking for one. But if you connect to any of these uh, and it gave you that kind of excitement or, or uh, joy, uh, more power to you. Agreed. Like what you like. That's the whole thing about being a KISS fan. It's not that I have to love everything that KISS ever did, but I'm free to like what I like. Right. 
you know, when we talk about the people who said, no, you have to like this thing or that thing, I like what I like. And I don't have to ever answer to anybody, whether it be your husband, wife, dog, whatever. You buy what you want. It's your time. Spend it how you want. Notice I didn't right. say money. It's your time because everything costs you something. Right. Uh, so we will be back with more podcasts. Julian, Gary, and myself will talk about Kiss the early days. We're also going to be talking about the podcast, a look back at what we did and didn't do. That's coming up very soon. And we're going to try to put up less edited shows. That's something you shouldn't fear. It's just maybe more shows that are more often instead of like big productions because I do like six other podcasts. And plus I'm working two jobs and we have families and, you know, so we're trying to keep this thing going because we love it. And mm. if you've hung in with us or this is your first podcast episode, welcome, you know, because every episode, every comic is somebody's first one. Like Stan Lee always would have them. When you opened up the comic book, it would say Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> so you knew right away. So, right. This is Gary Schaller. I'm Ken Mills. We've never been bitten by radioactive spiders. You don't know that. That's true. Both things could be true. You do eat a lot of spiders in your sleep. You know that, right? Don't, please. I have enough yeah. time, hard enough time, <laughs> sleeping. So. so there is no rest for the wicked. Right. Uh, as, as Ken mentioned, things are going to be, you know, less edited. So with that in mind, fart, fart. Dick joke, ethnic slur, fart. Kiss fireball. <laughs> and now here's us playing Deuce off of the first Kiss album. In its entirety. <laughs> no, that's actually car noises. So there you go. Nice. We always tried to get around that by playing live versions. I wonder, you know, that, that's that's interesting, right? We could talk about it another time, but like, do you get in more trouble? I assume the answer is yes. You get in more trouble, probably. You know, you would think that yes, that would be the answer because when we used to do that, we thought, well, we don't want to, we don't want to play actual licensed Kiss music because that could get us into some trouble. Right. Well, it turns out that, like, for example, do you know? Remember the Kiss Roosevelt DVDs yeah. that were selling yeah, 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 at Walmart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lost concert. And Kiss took them to court. And what they did was they played like the one or two songs that are actually on the Kissology. Yeah. They took that into court and they set up a TV and they said, Your Honor, who doesn't know Kiss from anything, you know? Here's our video of this and here's this video of this. And even though the whole show was on the bootleg, they only had to show enough of the same thing for them to go, Oh, yeah, that's your stuff. Of course, you win the case. Right. So I don't know if a live version of Deuce gets picked up as easily as a regular version of Deuce. And it doesn't matter if you talk over the songs either. Like, for example, if I, pay, if I play three seconds of a song, it's just as much as if I played the whole song to them. But the fair usage thing you said is subjective. So we can't we don't really even have the shelter, as it were, of of being able to say, hey, we're analyzing this from a like a sociological perspective. Right. Like for, yeah. For example, when we've done roundtables, we would play maybe a minute or two. Yeah. 
or like up to a solo or a chunk of a solo, right. we would break it up so that you would know you're not getting the whole song here. But the robot doesn't understand. For example, any time that somebody puts up Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park on YouTube, it is instantly not published because there's a certain rhythm of the zeros and ones that they digitally have it already in their bank. This is not allowed up there. And if Gary and I talk over it, it's still not going to stop it. It's still not going to stop the robot from going, "Uh uh-uh, bad stuff, blip, done, out of here. So that's why you can't watch Kiss Meets the Phantom on YouTube. So there you go. Yeah. And if you don't own it on DVD, shame on you. Yeah. But it is weird that... BJ's show or any show can be taken down for some music being played. But if you go to YouTube, all of those songs are there and nobody really says much. And I watched this really cool fan-made documentary on Superman and it showed artwork which was owned by DC Comics, Warner Brothers. It showed cartoons owned by DC Comics and Warner Brothers. It showed artwork by artists who were employed by DC and Warner Brothers. And there's nothing except the guy's voice that actually belongs to him. And it's this nice half an hour long documentary about Superman in the cinema and media over the years. Really well made, but it's all illegal. And by illegal, I'm going to say unauthorized. Are you there? Ah, sorry, I muted. Okay. All right. Sorry. Edit that out. No, I'm not editing anything. No, don't edit it out. Fart, yeah. fart. Piss cunt motherfucker. Piss flaps. What's the song? Uh, uh, Gene Simmons. Feel Like Heaven. Feel, feel Like Heaven. If you've ever heard that. I'd play it for you now. You have to go on YouTube and do a search for Feel Like Heaven. Cause... Feel like heaven. Piss flaps. Monsieur? This has been nothing short of a blast. I love doing this, and I'm and I'm grateful to do it as long as we possibly humanly, legally can. Well, just like I am glad that Kisses want to rock and roll all night, I'm glad that you want to continue to do the show. So, Heck yeah. We will see you on the next episode of your podcast, and we will be back unless we get digitally erased. So we will see you on the next episode of Podcast. Say, see you, Gary. See you, Gary. Check out the Kiss Room. August 14th with Matt Porter. Buy those t-shirts. Buy the t-shirts over at clicktshop.com. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. All right, be good to one another. Be safe. Ah. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the podcast crew, Thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears.